0: because we all drink of one spirit. And of course, the Bible says, be filled with the spirit, speaking in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. That was a real blessing to me. Thank you, uh, worship team. And uh, thank you, Pastor Dora. We just pray right now the, uh, the, the refreshing presence of the Holy Spirit coming upon her. Father, we call her refreshed, strengthened, and blessed. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Well, as uh, Pastor Daphne said, my name's Andrew Oliver. I'm not too far away from the Gold Coast, just down the road. Um, And uh, I know Pastor Daphne for several years. uh, My home church is just down in Springwood as well, so not too far away. Uh, But real blessing to be with you this morning Um, and imparting to you a passion for God and a passion for souls. Praise God, and I'm going to just share a little bit about me. I grew up in New Zealand in the South Island, Christchurch. wasn't uh, raised. <laughs> uh, was it? I was going to say too. What a blessing to have a multicultural church. You know, I heard a, a minister say one time a church should reflect the community. Right? Uh, a church should reflect the community because God calls us to reach all people groups. So. Uh, What a blessing. And this is what heaven will be like. Different cultures, every tongue, tribe, nation. Won't heaven be wonderful? I mean, no aches and pains. You'll be in your mansion. Uh, You'll be in a young, fit, 30-year-old body again. No wrinkles. No gray hairs. And no dust. Won't be any dust. I live in Yatla. We get a lot of dust in my place. But no dust in heaven. No ants trying to get in your house. (laughs) Praise God. So we have the joy of course of heaven and that's what we get to share with people. What a blessing that is that we're already going there but we get the joy to bring other people along with us. So as I was saying I grew up in New Zealand, uh, committed my life to the Lord when I was 17. I'm just going to go through this super briefly. Uh, It would take too long but in um, I studied exercise science on the Gold Coast, had the privilege of going to the States for a year, and I actually stayed on in, in the States. And there I completed a correspondence Bible school uh, through a minister called Jerry Savell, And I did a, a course entitled A Passion for God and a Passion for Souls. And that course changed my life. Passion for God and a passion for souls. So that's when I started really sharing the gospel more and more. I would say up until that point, I hadn't really shared the gospel much. Maybe a couple of family members, a couple of friends, but I was pretty much a closet Christian. And I would say also because I didn't really know how as well. And some of you may be in that group today where uh, you just really don't know how to get started. And that was my position, uh, and that really challenged me that uh, you need to step out, and so I started stepping out i 'll talk to you about that a little bit more later. Uh, then, in two thousand and thirteen, I attended Raymer Bible School here on here in Brisbane, and uh, what we did with that is we went out for explosion days, so we would go out into the community, share the gospel one hour, I believe it was one hour a week, and pair up, and go out there and, and, and share the gospel. So I got started in that as well. I'd already been doing that because of the, the course I'd been doing in America, but uh, that, that got me doing it with, with, as a group, you know, so I learned through that. Uh, so with evangelism, there are different methods, different styles, but there's one common ingredient that's always needed, and that's faith. Whatever you do, you have to do it in faith. And that's what I learned through my mentor. You know, he would say, I am a winner with everyone I share the gospel with. He had a very positive attitude because he said, if I get to pray with them, then that's great. They're saved. They're going to heaven. If I share the gospel and they don't receive it or they don't they don't want to pray with me right then, maybe they want to think about it, whatever the situation, we can still have faith that the seed of God's word is planted in their heart. And thank you, Lord, that seed is incorruptible. It'll never die. And I want to thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're working in that person's life. And they could give their life to the Lord the next day, the next week, the next year, 10 years later, because that seed will never die. Isn't that good? So really, we can't really know the results of our labor in the Lord until we get to heaven. And then someone may come up and tap you on the shoulder and say, hey, you... You shared the gospel with me. I didn't want to hear it at the time. But years later, I thought about what you said. And I asked Jesus to come into my heart and be my Lord. And I want to thank you. Wow. Because at the end of the day, you can't take your car or your house to heaven, can you? What can we take? All we can take is souls. Amen. So... uh, Uh, Let's get into the Word today. So Mark 16. How are we doing today, church? We're refreshed. Just receiving His love. That's what we're doing. We're receiving His goodness. For the Lord is good, and His mercy endures how long? Forever. Forever. So Mark 16, this is the Great Commission. It probably says that in your Bible, Mark 16, verse 15, the words of Jesus. And he said to them, go into all the world. Notice the word all and preach the gospel to every creature. Notice the word every. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. He who does not believe will be condemned. So a lot hangs on this. And these miraculous signs will follow those who believe and who act on this commission. In my name they'll cast out demons, they'll speak in new tongues, they'll take up serpents. If they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They'll lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. So notice when we step out and preach the gospel, God moves. He backs us with his supernatural power when we act on his commission. And it says there, they will take up serpents. If they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. That tells me that Satan will try to stop us when we are on that commission. But he can't because the forces backing us are greater than the forces against us. Amen. These are are principles you have to have embedded in you. You know, another thing I want to say to you while I was worshiping there, the Lord said this to me. To tell you this, you are everything God says you are. You're everything God if God says you're the head, the worst thing you can do is try to argue with that. Here's a great revelation. Came all the way to Yatler to tell you this God is smarter than you. (laughs) So don't argue with him. If he says you're healed, you just say, Okay, Lord, I'm healed, thank you. I'm the healed. If he says you're the head, not the tail, okay, Lord, I'm the head and not the tail. I don't care what people call you. I don't care what the enemy calls you. I don't care about the thoughts in your own mind. You are everything he says you are. And if he says you're a soul winner, thank you, Lord, I'm a soul winner. Amen. Because he delights in taking the weak and making them strong. Mm. And when he gives you a word like that, his words are not just instructional, but his words carry the power to bring themselves to pass. Mm. And then you drop down to verse 19. So after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up to heaven, sat down at the right hand of God, and they went out and preached everywhere. See, they acted. The Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. Again, they stepped out and acted, and God moved. This is known as the Great Commission of the Church. Now, first of all, what is the word commission? What is a commission? A commission is an instruction, it's a command, or a role given to a personal group. In other words, this, along with also Matthew's. Gospel, where he talks about making disciples, this is our job description. Some synonyms for commission are job, mission, assignment, duty, or charge. So, this is our charge, this is our duty, this is our assignment in the earth. This is number one not making a living. Because we're citizens of the kingdom of God. And Jesus said specifically, seek first the kingdom, the things will be added to you. We're different from the world. They seek first the things. And they don't have any time for God. We seek first the kingdom. Now, that doesn't mean you don't have a job. But you say, Lord, the, the, the primary reason I'm at this job is to be your witness. That's really why I'm here. And then the the, the money will take care of itself, yeah. So Jesus left us with a mission and assignment to preach, to share the gospel to everyone everywhere. This commission was given to the church, not just to pastors or ministers or evangelists, but to every one of us. And that's really the first point today, is you have to receive that commission to you personally from the Lord Jesus Christ. Is he your Lord? Is he the head of the church? Then he has given you an assignment in the earth. And you won't receive the specifics of that assignment until you receive the general assignment. So I received this Lord commission to me personally. Now show me my part in it. You see how that unfolds? But if you don't receive it, He won't show you your part in it. We'll all stand before the judgment seat of Christ and give an account, and the Lord's going to say to each one of us, what did you do with my commission? That was your assignment that I left you in the earth. Now, what did you do with it? Not what did your pastor do, not not what did your husband or wife do, but what did you do with my word in the earth? So although Christianity is a team race, it's also an individual race, isn't it? Where I can't do your part, you can't do my part. And really, even if you're not doing your part, I just have to keep doing my part and stay focused. All right, so second point, One of our greatest challenges as Christians is to keep the main thing... The main thing. One of our greatest challenges is to stay focused on our mission because it's very easy for us to drift away and get distracted. And it's also easy for us to stay out of the battle. To stay out of the battle. You know, our flesh wants to sometimes stay out of the battle. But the spirit wants to step into the battle and say, no, I want to be obedient to the Lord. Because once you overcome that fear, on the other side of that is great joy. Great joy. All right, let's keep moving here. So you have to purpose in your heart to stay on that commission and maintain your passion for souls. You have to set yourself to obey. And that's where looking at Looking at it as an order, a charge to you may help you. It helps me. This is my assignment. This is my order. In other words, sometimes I don't feel like doing it, but, hey, sometimes I don't feel like getting out of bed in the morning, you know, getting up, going through my day. I have to do it. This is my duty. This is my charge. And the feelings will follow. The feelings will follow. I've got nine pages of notes here, so I'm trying to, not use them all. (laughs) I want to be brief. So the next point is when we purpose in our hearts to obey Jesus' command to us, we tap into the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit. Oh, thank God. God doesn't expect us to do this on our own. We can't do it on our own. So we accept that and we say, Lord, I can't do it without you. I receive the supernatural empowering of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I receive it by faith. And uh, we need the power of the Holy Spirit. Yet He's right there. He's closer than our breath. And when we act on the Word, His power kicks in. So I want to share with you this morning about this passion for souls, but also... The whole thing revolves around faith because you, you know, you have to, that that soul winning anointing, the anointing to share Jesus, you know, is in every single one of us. It's down in there. But the Bible says, and we'll get to it soon, you have to stir it up. You have to receive it by faith and you have to step out on it by faith. The whole process is by faith. It's not by feelings. And if you just stay in a feeling realm, you'll stay trapped because I don't feel like I can. I don't feel like I can, but you can. You can through Christ who strengthens it, strengthens you. Uh, I know, uh, you know, look at this. You know, Jesus told the man with the withered hand, stretch forth your hand. To the paralytic, he said, rise up take up your bed and walk. So he got them to act. I believe it was Smith Wigglesworth who said, faith is an act. I know in my first um, missionary trip overseas, I did four years uh, missionary work in uh, Latin America, United States a little bit, but mainly Latin America. And the first trip, I I was going for a two-day conference in the States uh, and I was going to minister at one church. And the Lord while I was booking my flight, he said, book for four weeks. I said, Lord, I've got a two-day conference. I've got one church. It's like four days. I could, I could, could. Plus, I didn't have the money to book for four weeks. <laughs> I didn't have the money. I, the Lord knew that. I said, Lord, I can't book for four weeks. What if I get stranded over there? He said, trust me, book for four weeks. So I had to act on that word. I, I booked that flight in fear and trembling. I went over there. I got to the conference. I spoke to that pastor, and he said, look, I'm going to speak to some other pastors. I know this was in California. And one church turned into four churches, and then I went into Mexico for a week with no Spanish. <laughs> That's when I started learning Spanish. Um, but yeah, I went into Mexico for a week. The Lord provided all of it. And I learned so much from that first trip because I learned that this is my process from now on. I hear his instruction to me. I step out, I act on it. And everything that I need will flow from there. And that's really been my process since that point. So you just have to hear his word, hear his instruction. What does that take? Spending some time with him, right? Yeah, spending some time with him. But you'll be amazed. Like I say, you say, Lord, I receive that commission to me. Show me my part in it. I guarantee you, you'll hear the voice of God. I guarantee you, he'll show you his part. He's obligated to. He's going to show you your part in it. But notice you have to draw near to God first, initiate that, and he'll draw near to you. Because he's already given you his word here. He's already told you your assignment. So now the ball's in your court. He's waiting for you to receive that. Okay, Lord, I receive that. Show me my part in it. Okay, now the ball's in his court. He'll show you your part in it. Don't add to it. Don't take away from it. We'll get to that soon. Is this ministering to you so far? Amen. So for me, he led me to share the gospel on the streets for two hours once a fortnight. So, Lord, what's my part in it? Okay, I want you to share the gospel every fortnight. See, you don't try to add, oh, Lord, I want to do it every day. No, 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 don't don't try to (laughs) overload yourself. Just receive what he says to you and do that. Isn't that good? That gets rid of all the heavy burden, all the, there's no condemnation in this. You just receive what his part. I guarantee you what he tells you to do will be fair and just. Do you? Do you believe he's fair and just? He's not going to tell you to do something that's unreasonable. He's not going to tell you to work 40 hours a week and do 40 hours evangelism and one hour sleep. (laughs) No, he's not like that. His burden is light. He's good. Amen. So what do we have to do? What's the common ingredient here? Faith, trust, amen. Oh, I just see some of you right there that set some of you free because some of you are sort of sitting back in your seat like, <laughs> what's the Lord going to strap on me or what's Andrew going to try to strap on me? <laughs> no, no, he's good. He's good. Amen. So I started doing that. I started sharing the gospel on the streets, all sorts of people. I've done a lot of it in Surface Paradise. You know, And in Surface Paradise, it's amazing because you've got all sorts of cultures there. Young people, old people, uh, different cultures, sick people. I've even seen the devil manifest out there too. Had one guy uh, speaking in a demonic tongue, and he told me it was a demonic tongue. Someone says, what do you do in a situation like that? Fear, here's a good lesson. Fear is a feeling. When fear tries to come on you, it's a feeling. How Do, do we walk by feelings or do we walk by faith? faith? See, the common ingredient. So what did you do, Andrew? I just started saying on the inside of me, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Just started saying that, and I just... Stuck my guns with this guy. I said, you know, you know, God can bring you out. Jesus can bring you out of that. You're serving the wrong fella. He can bring you out. And he ended up, he was sort of trying to intimidate me. He ended up walking away. And that seed, thank you, Lord, just praying for that man. See, the first book of First John says that uh, perfect love casts out all fear. And you overcome fear through that love, through God's love for you and God's love for other people. I was at an evangelism course. This was in California, and that's what this particular preacher said. He said, you know, if you're feeling afraid, just focus on God's love for you and God's love for them because it flushes that out. And that fear tries to block you from operating in compassion. You ever notice that? It tries to block you. The compassion of God is actually in your heart, and First John says, "Don't shut it off, but let it flow." And that fear tries to shut it off, but again, it's a feeling, and you can resist it. I saw—I remember one young man from South America. He broke out in tears. You know, he was having a very hard time settling in in Australia, backslidden Christian, and he just. Broke down, you know, just started crying, uh, you know, a lot, and and I just led him back to the Lord, prayed for the comfort of the Holy Spirit. See, that's a good illustration of people out there hurting, hurting, but you can be locked up in a world of fear when people are out there really desperate for what you got. Hmm. I remember going back to when I first started in the states. Um, I, there was a security guard, and I went a witness to this security guard and I remember the this was the first time, and there was so much fear I had to try to overcome and then turned out he was a Christian <laughs> okay and so that that 's a good illustration that fear a lot of the time is smokes and mirrors fear a lot of the time is half truths, but it 's not the full truth when you 're seeing through. Uh, eyes of fear, you're not really seeing clearly. So you've got to deal with that fear. Get it out. Speak to it. Receive God's love for you and the person and then act on that. Act on that. Uh, in Luke's account, this is Luke twenty four forty six. if you want to bring that up. Jesus said to them, thus it is written and thus it is necessary for Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. Notice that's our message. It's remission and forgiveness of sins when we call upon his name. That's our message. It's not it's not one of uh condemnation. Now I want to share something else that I learned. That is this. Uh, I was in a particular city one time and <clears throat> these people were uh witnessing out there in the city, but they were very, very harsh, very uh a lot of hellfire and brimstone, uh which you know the way they let's just say the spirit they were doing it in, I said I didn't agree with. I said, Lord, that that's not the right spirit, uh, and it really put me off going out. And the Lord spoke this to me. This is a huge key. He said, Andrew, are they doing it the wrong way? I said, Yeah, I believe they are. I don't want I don't want to have anything to do with that. He said, If they're doing it the wrong way, all the more. I need you and I need people to do it the right way. Did you get that? People are doing it the wrong way. You don't just say, well, I'm not going to do it. You say, Lord, all the more you need someone to reflect you, reflect your love, reflect your mercy, reflect your goodness. Can you see that? Same thing with the gifts of the Spirit. You know, uh, is there excess and error? Somewhere with the gifts of the Spirit. Yeah, I've seen that. Have you ever seen that? But you don't just say, well, I'm never going to operate in the gifts of the Spirit ever again because that person did it wrong. No, that's not the answer. You just say, no, I'm going to purpose to do it the right way. Lord, show me how to do it correctly. Can you see that? Oh, man, you don't don't say, you know, someone out there today used a fake $50 bill. You don't say, well, I'm never going to use a $50 note because there's counterfeit ones out there. (laughs) No, you just say, I'm going to make sure I use the right one. Okay. So also notice this. They started where they were at. They didn't start at the ends of the earth. They started in their own city. They started with family members. They started with coworkers. They started with neighbors. You start there. That's where I started. And then eventually, God opened up the door to the nations. But if I hadn't been faithful with the little, he wouldn't have opened up the door to more. So you have to be faithful where you're at. Say, Lord, start praying for your neighbors. Now, you also want to show love and kindness. You know, if the Lord tells you to mow their lawn, you don't say, oh, I don't receive that. (laughs) If he tells you to mow their lawn, okay, Lord, I'll mow their lawn, and I'll share Jesus with them. You know, you you can mix it in with acts of love, don't you, and acts of kindness. We know that, hopefully. (laughs) But you still have to share the gospel. Uh, Yeah, the Lord just brought up something. Uh, There was a a minister. She's now a, a famous evangelist, soul winner. But she started off very, very timid person. This is for some of you, one or more persons here. She's very, very timid. But she said, Lord, this is, I, I want to develop this in my life. Now, that's a real good point right there, that you have to have a, an attitude where you're not going to quit. Have I ever gone out and failed? Yes, I have. But if you, get out, if you go out and you fail, you dust yourself off and you go again. Don't you love that about Peter? You know, Peter denied the Lord. That was an excuse for him to just fail, just just quit. But he didn't. He got up, dusted himself off, and he preached on the day of Pentecost. Compare that to Judas. Judas went and hung himself. Peter probably felt like doing something like that. Because the angel had to say, go tell the disciples and Peter. Peter. Man, he was plumb on the outside looking in, but he didn't stay down. He, he got back up, and this lady was extremely timid, so she, she got some tracks, and she started off, she'd put a track in like a phone booth, and then scurry away. She'd put a track somewhere where no one could see her, and then just walk away, in a bathroom, something like that, just slip a track. And then eventually she got to the point where she went to the next step and she'd hand a track to a person and then run away. But, but she was growing. <laughs> and then eventually she'd hand a track to a person and just say a couple of things and then walk away. Well, she just kept growing and growing and growing until she developed this large soul-winning ministry, training others, and is now a very well-known soul-winning evangelist. Isn't that a good story? But just start it off by just putting a track down. Now, someone says, well, do tracks work? Well, it depends. If you've got any faith, it's just a piece of paper. You don't mix any faith with it. You don't believe it's going to do any good? Probably won't. But if you plant it in faith, yeah, it can do some good, and you've got Scripture on it. Amen. So it all depends on your faith. You're being led by the Holy Spirit and your faith in God's word. That as I speak this word, which is not my word, but it's God's word to this person, that is a supernatural seed. And I have faith that seed will stay with that person. And if they go to hell, it's not my fault because that seed will stay with them all the way. Now, that's the way you win your family members. Oh, Amen. First time I witnessed to one of my family members, boy, I had to duck because they were ready to. <laughs> I saw fire in their eyes; they did not want to hear that. So what did I do? I had to back off, but but I didn't back off in prayer. Kept praying for that person. And there was actually one day I, I read a, a book. Uh, this was by Kenneth Hagen, and he talked about how one day he just stood still in his bedroom, broke the devil's hold off of his family members one of his family members, and then thank the Lord for that family member's salvation. And that family member got saved, I think it was in a couple of weeks. I said, I'm going to do that. So I said, Satan, I break your hold. Let neighbor my family member off of his mind, off of his life. Get away from him. I'm not letting him go to hell. I break your hold off of his life, Satan. Now, Father, go send laborers across his path. If he won't listen to me, send other people. Speak the word to him. Do you know about how many years later was that, Lord? About five years later, I got to pray the prayer of salvation with that family member. I was surprised. <laughs> I didn't ever think I would do it. I was the one who did I said, you know, I kind of said, uh, you know, I could, I could pray a prayer with you to receive the Lord, and you have the assurance you're going to heaven. And I stood back because last time their response wasn't friendly, you know. <laughs> And they said, "No, I'd, I'd like to, I'd like to pray that prayer." I thought, wow, praise God. See, there's no case too hard for God. But boy, was that a battle in my mind. I had to, I had to cast those thoughts down because when I broke Satan's hold off that person's mind, Satan said, "Oh, you got to be kidding. These are the thoughts came to mind. You got to be kidding. That person's not going to get saved." <laughs> They're never going to get saved. Now I have to say, no, I cast that thought down. There's nothing too hard for God. And I thank you, Lord, that they are saved. And I praise you for their full salvation. And I'll see them in heaven. But it was hard to do because I had to renew my mind. It was tough for me to see them saved. But they got saved. Wow. See how we're co-laborers together with God? He's working with you, he's working with your faith, he's working with your prayers, He's working with your words. This is not all God and you do nothing. This is not all you and God does nothing. You are a co-laborer. The Lord worked with them. Confirming the word with signs following. Don't you think he's going to take care? Don't you think he's going to take care of me on the streets when I met that demonic situation? I'm acting on his word. Lord, you're responsible for me. I'm trusting in you. And when you act on that commission, the angels of God are all over it. They're all over it. Look at Philip's experiences. Look at the apostle Paul. The angel said, no, 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 you're going to stand before Caesar. Shipwreck or no shipwreck, you're standing before him because I told you, or the Lord Jesus told you, you're going to stand before kings and testify. And it's going to come to pass. See, I want to share something else. Thank you, Lord. The whole, uh, how can we call it, the human structure of authority, you know, where you've got the Roman emperor all the way down to the beggar on the street, all of that is a human thing. It's not the King. God just sees lost humanity, whether the guy's a billionaire or whether he's got $2. He just sees a lost person, a lost soul and so when you step over into that you're on kingdom assignment it's it's out of this world's realm because all the structure and the influence all that's all a worldly natural order and we supersede it and 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 the, and the lord jesus said to the apostle paul you're going to stand before kings and test well he did it as a prisoner as a political prisoner but he he did it wow And in the kingdom of God, he was an apostle. What was he in the world's eyes? A prisoner. See, you are what God
1: says you are, not what the world says you are. Seeing it now? Hallelujah. Woo,
0: this is good, huh?
1: Thank you, Lord.
0: Oh, thank you. Let's just have a praise break. We just praise you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your prayer. Thank you. You are the resurrected King of kings and Lord of lords, and you are seated on the throne, Lord no political leader no high office you are king of kings and lord of lords and we declare you lord over this nation we declare you lord over this city lord and over the, the, the over Woodridge and the surrounding areas in the name of Jesus and we ask you father to raise up and to send out laborers into the harvest field you said the laborers a few but you said to pray that the lord of the harvest that he would raise up and and thrust out laborers and father do it raise them up thrust them out let your gospel be proclaimed in the city of Logan in the city of Brisbane in this nation father there's no case too hard we thank you father for sending laborers into the prison cells we thank you for sending them into the political arena in Canberra to and to, to minister your word to speak the word of life to speak hope Lord to the hopeless raise them up and thrust them out, Lord, and we ask for your signs and wonders and miracles to accompany them in the mighty name of Jesus, Uh, healings, Lord, deliverances, and the activity of the angels of light, and I thank you, Lord, that you are revealing to every person here their specific assignment, Lord, it's not a heavy burden, it's light, because you're walking with them, you're traveling with them, you're empowering them, and they are filled with the Holy Spirit of God and fire, and Lord, we thank you, and we pray praise you for it give him praise right now thank you, thank you lord 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 glory to god glory to god now do you see there how evangelism combines with prayer and what i would do is i would go out and witness on the streets but i would also take time at home and you know this is something you can do in your prayer group you can do it as a family you can do it um, as and if you're an individual, you can team up with a, another single person, you know. But I would pray over. He a, has a map, and it's got Australasia. It's got Australia, New Zealand, and I would pray. And I've got some topics here that I pray. You dedicate an hour of prayer where, oh Lord, I'm going to intercede for the nation. You pray for souls. You pray for church leaders that they're strengthened, they're strong. You pray for political leaders, for their salvation. And because he tells you to, that's our duty. He says, pray for all men, for those in authority. He didn't say judge them. He just said, pray for them. You know, there was a, a, an early uh, US presidential leader, John Quincy Adams, I believe. He said, duty is ours, results are God's. That helped me. Judy's ours. Don't try to figure it all out. The results are God's. You won't, know, you won't know all the results. You never will in this life. But we just do our duty. And you pray for disciples to be raised up. You pray for the gifts of the Spirit to flow. You pray for new revelation. I know I can sense that, that utterance there in prayer. Did you feel the anointing on that? But I know, I'm smart enough to know that that is a result of this church praying. Does this church pray? I know, I came in here, you were praying, right? (laughs) Amen. This church prays. Those things are a result of prayer. And so you win the battle in prayer, you claim the harvest, and then you have your evangelism team that goes out and reaps the harvest. But the real battle
1: is won in prayer. Mm.
0: I was in a church in, uh, where was that, Lord? How are we going for time? It was in the north of, no, it was in uh, Medellin, Colombia. Small church, I was invited there, and this church was a praying church, and I went there, and you know, I think something like this happened. (laughs) This doesn't normally happen, but I slept in that morning, and I didn't even really pray that much. And I got to the church, and I preached, and I'd never flowed in the word of knowledge like I did that. It was like the whole church lined up, and I had a word for every single person. I couldn't believe it. But all of that, my point here is that wasn't me. That was because that church was hungry, and that church was praying. And I almost couldn't believe what I was operating in, but it wasn't me. It was their prayers. I was at another church in Mexico, and they were I believe getting up praying an hour or two each day at four o'clock. And I arrived at that church and boy, the healing power of God flowed in that church that day. That's why we have to be humble because you think, well, dear God, what happened there? And no, it was the result of those people's fasting and praying. Amen. So all of these things work together. And I just sense... That there's spiritual people in here. You know what I'm talking about. There's people here of of prayer, serious prayer, fasting and prayer. And maybe there's an element here where you just have to put this other element in place to reap more results. You know, the action part of it. Glory to God. Whew.
1: Thank you, Lord. What
0: a blessing. What a blessing this church is. Hallelujah. So again, one of our biggest hindrances. I'll begin to close. I'm not sure how long that will take, but <laughs> so one of our biggest hindrances is fear. Now, a scripture that's really helped me is 2 Timothy 1 5. So turn there with me. This has really been in my soul winning. Walk, this has really been a pillar and post for me. Second Corinthians, Second uh, Timothy, excuse me, chapter one. So the fear of what people think of me, the fear of rejection, wanting to maintain your public respectability, you have to die to that. You know, you can't have the world's smile and Jesus' smile at the same time. You have to choose. Do you want the world's smile or do you want Jesus' smile? Who do you want to please? Because you can't serve the two masters. So you have to be single-minded. I purpose in my heart, Lord. I want your smile. Now what do I need to do? How do I need to walk to have your smile? Again, he'll show you. Amen. And just say, Lord, if I slip, I'm. I'm, long-term, I'm committed to this. And if I slip, if I don't do it right, I'm going to dust myself off and go again. That's, that's the way we operate with sin. You know, if you sin, you don't just quit. If you sin, you say, Lord, forgive me. I missed the mark. I received my cleansing, and I'm going, I'm going on with you. You don't let sin stop you from running your race. You stay in the fight. You stay in the battle. And when it's hardest to get to church, that's when you need to get up and get there, because Lord, I'm not giving up on you, I'm not giving up on your word, I'm not giving up on your people. I'm staying in it. And I guarantee you he'll stay with if you stick with him, he'll stick with you. He never left any you know when I was thinking about this when when Peter yielded to the devil and and Jesus said to him, "Get thee behind me, Satan," that was pretty strong. I huh? called him the devil. Uh, He didn't bail on Peter, though. He didn't say, get thee behind me. I'm cutting you, Peter. Go. You're not being my disciple anymore. That's not his style. That's not his style. And I say that because, you know, I've been around a lot of different cultures, and I've seen different religious aspects of Christianity, and there is a, a strong religious spirit that doesn't reflect Jesus. But he he's not like that. He's love. He's love. And he's the type of person, to say, Peter, you messed up there big time. I mean, he'll tell you it straight, you messed up big time. But I'm sticking with you. We're going to get through this. Amen. And you know, he's the one who said, if there's one sheep that's sick and hurting and lost, what you cut it off? Cut it off. Get rid of it. It shouldn't have done that. No, he didn't say that, did he? He said, no, you lead the 99, you go after it. What do you do if your little pinky's injured? You cut it off? No. You protect it. You put ointment on it. If you take anti-inflammatories, that anti-inflammatory will go all the way to that spot that's hurting. And if there's a believer that's hurting, you surround that person. You don't cut them off. You restore such a one. You who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of meekness. And you pray for that person. And you say, Lord, bring them through that hard. They're going through something, Lord, but you're bringing them through. And I'm surrounding them with your mercy and grace. And, we're, and, we're, and you call them up if you need to. And you say, we're surrounding you in prayer, and you're going to make it. You're going to make it. You hear me?
1: Okay, Second Timothy
0: one verse what do I say five? Let's read into it from verse three. I thank God whom I serve with a pure conscience as my brothers did, as sorry, as my forefathers did. Is without ceasing, I remember you in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see you being mindful of your tears, that I may be filled with joy when I call to remembrance a genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois, your mother Eunice, and I'm persuaded it's in you also, Timothy. See, he wasn't seeing a lot of it, but he said, I know it's in you, Timothy. Same thing here, he didn't give up on Timothy. Now, a sincere, genuine faith, will continue in the Great Commission. We're going to see that. The text will bear it out. Look at verse 6. Therefore, I remind you, Timothy, to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Who's going to stir it up? Timothy. Timothy's going to stir it up. Stir up the gift of God that's in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power Of love and of a sound mind. See, the fear doesn't come from God. It's the spirit of this world which controls unbelievers and tries to control us if we let it. But we are not going to yield to it. We're going to yield to the spirit of power. What is that? Boldness. The spirit of love, compassion for the lost. And a sound, disciplined mind. See, the thoughts will come to your mind, but you're a soldier. You're a disciplined soldier. You control and you cast those thoughts down. Do you know in World War II, they were short on soldiers? I forget where it was, in the uh, Philippine Islands, somewhere like that. And they, they just threw a bunch of civilians in there and gave them guns. And do you know what happened? The enemies started firing at them, and the civilians just ran, took off. Ran. Why? They, were, they weren't soldiers. They, were, they weren't trained. They, that fear just overcame them, and I guess one took off, and they just all took off. But a, a soldier doesn't run from the battle. He's disciplined. He's trained his mind to say, no, I resist that fear. I bring those thoughts in line, and I stick to my duty. I stick to my charge, even when my emotions and my feelings are all over the place. I stick to my assignment. I hold my post. Mm. Spirit of love and a sound disciplined mind. It takes a disciplined mind to win souls, because thoughts will come. They don't want to hear me. They're going to reject me. A disciplined mind says, No, I'm believing they will hear me. Even if the last ten haven't, I have favor with God. I have favor with man, and I'm expecting good results. Ooh, that's a disciplined mind. That's a winner. Oh. <laughs> Oh, that's a positive winning attitude. You know, uh, you think of the Apostle Paul. They stoned him in one city. Uh, What were they trying to achieve through the stoning, I wonder? Uh, Maybe to either kill him or get him to be quieter? Well, he just popped up, goes back into the city, goes into the next city and preaches with boldness the Lord Jesus Christ. It didn't work, did it? I often think, you know, what if he'd gone back into the city and bumped into the guys that stoned him? Hey, you tried to stone me the other day, but I forgive you. Just a stoning. Uh, But don't forget what I said about receiving Jesus. You need to receive Jesus. They would have been. (laughs) You couldn't keep him down. Praise God. What do overcomers do? We come over the obstacles. I know I'm preaching long, but I needed to hear this today. (laughs) We overcome. The Lord didn't guarantee you wouldn't have obstacles in your path, but you're an overcomer. You overcome them. You overcome the hurt. You don't get hurt by people. You hurt for people. Because people that are, um, what's the word, hard towards you, they're hurting See, that's why Jesus said, pray for your enemies. Why? They're not in a good place. They're not in a good place. Pray for those who despitefully use you, persecute you. Pray why? They're not in a good place.
1: You pray for them. Lord, help them. Bring them out of that place. They're hurting. Hallelujah.
0: So, verse 8: Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share with me in the sufferings for the gospel, according to the power of God, who has saved us, called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before the world began. This is verse 10. But has now been revealed by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who has abolished death, defeated death, and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, to which I was appointed a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher of the Gentiles. Not an apostle first, not a teacher first, a preacher first. A preacher first. You have to be a preacher first. To reproduce disciples. If he hadn't been a preacher first, he wouldn't have gotten anyone saved to disciple. Hmm? And anyway, to make a disciple, you are rep- re- one of the definitions of disciple is you're reproducing in others what you are. So if you're not doing it, how can you reproduce that in others? They're going to follow your example. He's urging Timothy to stir up the soul winning fire and passion for the lost, which is in him, to overcome fear and to testify publicly of the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember in Romans 1, he said, I refuse to be ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Refuse it. Why? Because I stir up the gift of God. I stir up that passion. I stir up the passion for the lost and then I act on it. I stir up that boldness and I act on it. I remember one time I was working at a swimming pool in Helensvale and a, a, a timidity was trying to come on me, and I just waked up, walked up to a worker and said, "You know, I'm, did I tell you I'm a Christian?" "Did I? Said, oh, yeah, I think you did. Yeah, I'm a Christian. Didn't even didn't even share the gospel. I just said oh, I'm a Christian because the the <laughs> the fear was trying to come on to, Oh, don't tell them that. <laughs> So you do the opposite to what the fear is telling you to do. Hallelujah.
1: Woo. Well, in closing, uh, God's heart beats for souls, for the lost.
0: Because really, do you know, in God's eyes, we are the healed, we are the blessed, We are the overcomers, and we have heaven as our home. A lot of people out there don't.
1: They're the lost sheep going to a godless
0: eternity. So God's number one priority in the earth is to get that remnant in. And actually, that could be what we're waiting on for Jesus' return, right? Because he is long-suffering, not desiring that any perish, but that all come
1: to repentance.
0: Mm. The compassion of Jesus is on the inside of us. And if we love our lost neighbor, then we have to open our mouth and share with him or her the truth that has set us free and that will set them free. Now, Finally, uh, how do we stir up the gift of God that's in us? Number one, set time aside uh, for soul winning. Set time aside for soul winning. Number two, what you can do, what I've done is purchase tracks. I have them at Kurong. You want to get a good track, but... I've used them. I believe in them. Now, I don't just hand people tracts. I share the gospel, but it can be a good tool to say, hey, you know, I want to give you this. This is something that's changed my life uh, and then share a scripture with them. So it's something I've used with effect. Uh, Again, there's different styles. You can seek the Lord in prayer about who you can share the gospel with, a particular neighbor or a workmate. And then hone in your prayers on that person. Also, a family member could be family member, neighbor, workmate, and you're just going to hone in and pray for that person daily. Hone in your prayers for their salvation. Uh, also, confess soul-winning scriptures. I've got a book down there. I've got full of uh, soul-winning scriptures that I go over and confess. It helps stir up that passion. On the inside of you, you can listen to evangelistic messages. So rather than just listening to more teaching all the time, you actually find a couple of evangelists that you like, and you listen to that, and it helps you stir up that passion for souls. Uh, <clears throat> you glean, you glean from, from that passion. And then six, you purpose to be a doer of the word, not a hearer only. You know, there's so much, much scripture that we can act on that we're not currently acting on. So your purpose, not just hear, hear, hear more, 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 more teaching, but I'm going to act on Scripture. I'm going to find something, act on it. Do it. And then finally, stick with it. Don't give up. Even when you fail, get up, dust yourself off, and you confess, I'm a soul-winning Christian. I have a passion for God and a passion for souls. Amen? Let's say it this morning together. Say, thank you, Lord Jesus. That you came, you saved me, and you filled me with the Holy Spirit. This morning, I make a decision to stir up the gift of God that's within me. I have a passion for God, and I have a passion for souls. And Lord, I ask you to show me who to share the gospel with. And I commit myself to your great commission. Show me my part in it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen, amen, amen. Just before I hand back Pastor Daphne. Trying to see here. I just want to pray for this church. Declare God's blessing over you. Amen. So Father, I thank you for this church. I thank you, Lord, for the, the... the, the love of God, Lord, the brotherly love which we see here in this church. And I declare this church, Lord, is everything that you've called it to be. It is a soul winning, fervent, on fire church, worshiping church, praying church, Lord. There's unity in this church <clears throat> and any kind of disunity or disharmony or anything that the devil is trying to bring in we cast that out and we stay stay on the outside because this is a place where the love of god flows and the holy spirit flows and passion for jesus flows and lord we thank you for it this morning in jesus name amen Amen. glory to god well i hand it back to